Pastor Xavier Reese, keeping it real with the simple truths of the gospel. The gospel stands in opposition to the belief of the world. As you know, the world says that man is good by nature, but we don't see the evidence around us. Man says he's not a sinner, he just makes mistakes. You know, we're not a product of God's creation, but we're a product of evolution. In effect, the world is saying that Jesus is a liar and that you cannot trust the Bible. Now you've got to make a choice whether you believe the world or the Bible. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. No question, there are many unbelievers that don't pay very much heed to Scripture or the ways of God. These are, of course, the very ones that stand to gain the most from the work of missions. But Pastor Xavier says in our Simple Truth study coming up today, missionaries themselves have to be obedient to God's call and leading as well if the gospel is to spread according to his plan. If your Bible's handy, you'll want to turn to Acts chapter 13. The message is entitled, The God of Missions. Missions as well as ministry is not having a plan and then asking God to bless it. But it is obeying God's plan and watching Him bless it. That's what it is. Now, in view of all this, I understand there's a lot of things that are happening and it's not to boast or exalt ourselves, it's to try to stay as close to the Scriptures as possible. And so what we want to do is look at Paul's first missionary journey, and we'll make a couple of mentions on the second, to try to glean some of the principles of missions, because Acts is the only manual that we have for missions, ladies and gentlemen. No other one. Let me give you three hooks to hang your thoughts on. First, the plan of God for missions. We'll look at that. The second, the purpose of God for missions. And thirdly, the pattern of God for missions. The call, first of all, is to save men and women out of the world. He wants to save people. It's real basic. In Acts 14, 15, this is what Paul says to them. He says, We preach to you that you should turn from these vain things to the living God, who made heaven, the earth, the seas, and all the things in them. This is the plan of God first and foremost, to call people out to himself, to save them. The world is under the influence of Satan, as you know. He's the God of this world in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He holds men captive at their will, 2 Timothy 2.26. And he has the entire world under the sway of the evil one, 1 John 5.19. The world is spiritually dead, as you know. Romans 3.10-12 says there's none good, no, not one. We're all enemies of God. Dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1. Meandering according to the course of this world, the prince and the power of the air. Working the children of disobedience, Ephesians 2.2. And Ephesians 2.3 tells us that we uh, run this course after the lust of our own flesh, our minds, because we are children of wrath by nature. And as we continue in that vein, Ephesians tells us that our understanding becomes darkened, alienated from the life of God. Our heart becomes hard. Therefore, we give ourselves to all manner of uncleanness and greediness. Sin is never static. It's always progressive. The world denies all this, but it's all around us. 
Romans gives us a vivid picture of a threefold spiral downward. Unclean thoughts, vile affections, reprobate minds in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 32. It's a dark picture of man. Also, the plan of God is to call man by the Spirit of God. Acts 13, 2. The Spirit says, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work of ministry, which what I have called them. The Holy Spirit spoke through these prophets in the church then, and He still speaks today. As we go to Him, as we pray, as we seek Him in the Word. The Holy Spirit says seven times to the churches, let Him who has an ear, let Him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you think He only spoke for the first century church and left the rest for itself? I don't think so. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. He is God. And as the fire light to God. Acts 5. They were stricken. The Holy Spirit gave birth to the church in the day of Pentecost, as you know. He began to direct. He began to guide. He began to empower. And He's never delegated that office to anybody else. It is still today. You go through the book of Acts from Acts 1.8 all the way on down. It's the Holy Spirit who's doing the ministry and the work of Jesus through men. He hasn't delegated to anybody else. But also to call men out to the mission fields, as you saw last time, being sent out of the Holy Spirit, Acts 13, foretold us, Barnabas and Saul. Uh, Philip was called out of Samaria, that revival area, for one man, the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8. God called him. Holy Spirit knows people, the time, the place, he ties them together, right? He's your GPS. <laughs> Paul was called out of Judaism. To preach to the children of Israel, Gentiles and kings, a chosen vessel in Acts 9. He preached to Jerusalem for a while, got too hot to handle, sent him on R&R to Tarsus for nine years. There he did work without anybody knowing who he was or anything until he was called to come to Antioch. Peter was called to go to the house of Cornelius as he had the vision of Joppa in Acts 10. He's directed by the Spirit, go one step at a time. Cornelius and the household were saved. The Holy Spirit directing and then now we have here Barnabas and Saul being called out to the mission field in Antioch of Syria. And the time again was according to the Spirit. And the locations are directed and chosen by the Spirit of God. Not by the church committee. There's a book uh, called um, Missionary Methods, St. Paul's or Ours. I think it's probably out of print. It's a good one, so it's probably out of print. Roland Allen is his name. He says this in the preface. It is not easy for us today so to trust the Holy Ghost. We can more easily believe in His work in us and through us than we can believe in His work in and through our convert to Him. We cannot trust our convert to Him. In other words, we as the church of today and Western perspective, we feel that we have to have control of the churches abroad and that they're not sufficient. Well, are we professional Christians? They're sufficient, but the Holy Spirit's going to do it. And so we set up all these organizations because we want power and control. He was a missionary to China, by the way, <laughs> and other places. The gospel stands in opposition to the belief of the world. As you know, the world says that man is good by nature, but we don't see the evidence around us. Um, man says he's not a sinner. He just makes mistakes. The world says that He's not lost and spiritually dead. He's very spiritual. He's very sensitive. And the world says that, um, you know, we're not a product of God's creation, but we're a product of evolution. In effect, the world is saying that Jesus is a liar, a fraud, and that you cannot trust the Bible. 
And yet Jesus said that he was God who became man, died for the sins of the world, and rose from the dead to save the lost, the depraved, and the enemies of God. Now you've got to make a choice whether you believe the world or the Bible. Whether Jesus is lying or he's telling the truth. That's the decision that people have to make today. Colossians 2, 8 says, Beware lest anyone teach you through philosophies, phileo sophia, the love of wisdom, empty deceit, according to traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. That's the bottom line. The calling of a man by God through the Holy Spirit of God is only the, the only work that is effective to accomplish the plan. Because he knows the end from the beginning. The plans of God are directed and guided by God. One step at a time. The plans of God are funded by God where and when he guides. He provides. If not, we're just a bunch of liars. It's a big hype. The plans of God are not a burden to the people of God, but a joy. God called Nehemiah out of the Babylonian captivity to rebuild the walls and everything else. And it says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10 God provided letters, the materials, from the kings, everything. In fact, even the people of the land that were the enemies, then the, the edict of the king went on. Now you give them everything. <laughs> Has God changed? The plan of God is to call men out of the world by the Spirit of God and out to the mission field. Very important. Now the purpose of God for missions, behind a plan is a purpose or a goal. And God has a very specific purpose. To reach man with the gospel. Now we're talking about the content, the vehicle that he's going to use, the gospel. Notice here in chapter 13, verse 4 to 5, they went 16 miles west to Cilicia, the poor city of Antioch, 4 or 5 miles northeast of the mouth of the Aranas River. And from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jew. They went, directed 130 miles to Cyprus by the Holy Spirit. Salamis, the administrative center of the east side of the island. In the synagogue, this became the pattern of Paul. Because the Jew had the word of God. Went there first. If they could accept the Lord, they would become a vehicle to reach out to others. He always went there, then to the Gentiles. They traveled through the island in verse 5, 90 miles across to the west end, the province capital of Paphos. But there was opposition there in verse 6 and 7. Elam is a sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, named Bar-Jesus, which is false because that means sons of, son of Yahweh. Uh, really, he's a son of Satan. And um, Sergius Paulus, he's with him. Uh, Sergius Paulus is an intelligent man, one that's prudent. Um, and he calls Barnabas and Saul to hear the word of God. Notice this man wants to hear, here's this man opposing him. Now many kings, many emperors have always had their, their um, soothsayers, their necromancers to, to tell them for the future because they want to stay in power. They want to see the future and stay in, in their throne. You see what I mean? It is interesting how many presidents of the United States have sought out mediums also in their administrations. And not just in the past century, but very current ones. It is amazing. Verse 8 through 12, Saul being filled with the Holy Spirit, called blindness down upon this man. He opposes the gospel. In verse 10, he calls him, O fool of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteous, you, will you not cease to pervert the straight way of the Lord? The straight way, the orthodox way, the correct way, the only way. This is what Paul preached. 
Verse 12, the council here, Sergius Paulus, believed the gospel of Jesus, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Real simple. He receives. Two men. One is soothsayer. Here is a ruler. One receives. The other one rejects. Could have the soothsayer gotten saved? Of course, if he repented. It's a choice that's made. Now, when you get to verse 13 of 52, they sailed from Paphos to Perga in Pamphylia on the southeastern coast of Asia, minor, modern-day Turkey. And they departed to Antioch, Pisidia, directing them 100 miles north through the Tarsus Mountains and entered the synagogue of the Sabbath and Paul preached the gospel. All of this is being done by the Holy Spirit directing and guiding them. They didn't have a plan, a strategy. The Holy Spirit is doing the work. Paul points out the promises of the Old Testament as he begins to preach in the gospel in the synagogue here. So from 15 on down, he, he preaches, he begins with the law, he gives their history, he takes them all the way through David, through whom the Messiah is promised, and he nails them from verse 24 to 41 as Jesus being that promised Savior. He preached Christ Jesus. He made no bones about it. He gave it to him straight. John the Baptist was a precursor, 24 to 26. Jesus died and rose from the dead. According to the scriptures, 27 through 37, this is always the message. He was not ashamed of it. He did not disguise it. He said it clearly in words to be understood. This is the key of the gospel, the death and resurrection. They're tied together. 38 and 39, Jesus is the only one that can justify the forgiveness of a person's sins, not the law. You know how radical this is? To walk into a synagogue and say this? You talk about being uh, faithful to God. See, sometimes we read this stuff and we say, oh, no big deal. It is a big deal. It's like you walking into the Catholic church on high day and you get up there and tell them, you know, unless you repent and only believe in Jesus, you're going to die. You, if God doesn't send you, you're going to die. <laughs> if God sends you, you might live. You understand? 40 to 41, they gave the warning of rejecting the gospel. And remain in unbelief. That's always a warning. A strong warning. Those who have a privilege and rejected. The warning's there. Now, from 42 to 52, the Gentiles desired to hear the word of God, it says, in the next Sabbath day, and the proselytes were encouraged by Paul and Barnabas to continue in the grace of God. It is the grace of God they're preaching. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people's hearts are being open to it. God has prepared the heart. God has sent them there. God is doing the work. Now the Gentiles heard, they were glad, in verse 48, and they glorified the word of the Lord as many as were appointed to eternal life. Now here we go, eternal life. People get to the extreme of predestination alone, without free will. Moody says, the predestined or the ordained are the whosoever wills. You get to choose where you spend eternity. God knows from the beginning, He knows your name, but He doesn't predestine you to heaven or to hell. It is your choice. So you have that balance continually. Predestination and free will. Verse 49, the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the regions. Notice that. People's hearts are being touched. People are accepting, some rejecting. But the word of God is moving through the regions. This is God's work. This is not some planned crusade. This is God. Verse 50 there. But the Jews... Stirred up prominent men and women in the city to persecute Paul and Barnabas and expel them from the city. There's always opposition, one way or the other. 
Where the truth is going to go, the lie is going to confront it, try to oppose it. 51 and 2, they shook the dust off their feet. They were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Notice they rested in the Lord. They didn't feel condemned. They didn't feel guilty. Because God's in control. He's doing the work. He's the one that saves. He's the one that convicts, right? What are we to do? To preach the gospel. To take the gospel. Or He sends me. That's it. I don't save anybody. I can't convince anybody. The Holy Spirit has to convict. Now when we get to chapter 14, verse 1 through 6, they moved to Iconium on a high plateau, capital of Lystra, southeast of Antioch, and they entered the synagogue again. Here's the pattern again. Uh, in verse 1, a great multitude of Jews and Gentiles believed. Straight shot. They believed. The gospel. That's what he preached. The gospel. The same message was delivered. The gospel. In 2 and 3, the unbelieving Jew once again stirred up the Gentiles, poisoned their minds against Paul and Barnabas. Nevertheless, they remained for a long time, it says, speaking boldly and witness to the word of His grace, and the Lord granted signs and wonders through them. The word of His grace. They were bold. This is all men who are called and anointed. The problem is many times men aren't called and they go. Or men are sent and they're not called or anointed. God calls, God anoints, and then you have the boldness to say what you're going to say by God's work. Not your own. They were not intimidated so as to change the message. The word of His grace, the gospel is given. Look at 4 through 6. The city being divided, both Jew and Gentiles attempted to abuse and stone them. Finding out, they, let, they fled to Lystra about 20 miles. So again, here we have God allows them sometimes to stay there for a long time, and then God tells them to leave. And He allows every nothing's ever the same. Each situation you have to go to the Lord. What do I do? Too often we want to pattern our life after somebody else. Well, what did God do to you? Okay, I'll do the same. No, you may have the same scenario, but He tells you to do one thing, the other one, another one. You have a personal relationship. They move on to Lystra, seven through twenty, twenty miles southwest of Iconium. A crippled man from his mother's womb. And here he gets healed and they take Paul and Barnabas for gods. The priest of Zeus was going to make sacrifice to them. These guys are pagans. Zeus was the national god of the Greeks and the Romans called him Jupiter. Paul was Hermes because he was a speaker. Another Greek god, Mercury of the Romans. So different names will change. It means the, the herald of the gods. He's the speaker. We get our word hermeneutics, uh, Hermes, uh, the signs of interpretation. He's the one that interprets. Again, these are pagans and, and they're worshiping nature and they're under superstitions because, uh, you know, they're, they're used, there was a, a legend that the, the two gods came down in the, the town and, and they came incognito and nobody uh, respected them. They were abusing them and, and everything else. And so and the, these two elderly couple, you know, took them in and housed them. So they blessed them, made them the tree guardians of the temple and destroyed the rest of them. So now these guys think the gods have come down. Well, they don't want the same to happen. So here they're going to do sacrifice. Pagan religions, man, you're under superstitions for everything. I remember being a Catholic, you know, you, you make the sign of the cross in the long one when you have to, you put the scapular, you put the virgin, you put everything else just in case. I mean, you're under superstitions, you don't know truth from error. And it's no different than other religions, and it grieves my heart. Because you fall prey to it. Superstitious. 
Notice they were not religiously tolerant of other beliefs. The Jews were always addressed with the Old Testament. They had the word. The Gentiles were addressed with general revelation, creation, conscience, and history. The Jews with special revelation, the word of God. They had the word of God. Look at 19 through 20. The Jews from Antioch and Iconium arrived and persuaded the multitude to persecute the apostles now. There's the opposition again. They stoned Paul in verse 19, dragged him out of the city, leaving him for dead. Paul tells us that he was caught up to the third heaven later on in 2 Corinthians 12. He was caught up to paradise, the third heaven. This is the occasion. Lystra. Now God allowed him to be stoned. To die. But he allowed him to stay. <laughs> God's time. If God sends you, you're okay. You send yourself. You get one of these things happen, you may not come back. But if God sends you and he's going to bring you back, then you're going to be okay, right? Note to the disciple, those who had believed in Jesus. That's what it's talking in verse 20. Plural disciples. They gathered around the body. And all of a sudden he rose up and took off into the city again. Probably blew their mind. Who are the disciples? The ones they evangelized? There. Timothy most likely was there. Because he's going to take him on a second missionary journey. He was saved through Paul's ministry. His grandmother, Lois, and his mother Eunice lived there. Second Timothy 2.5 tells us about that. Now the next day in verse 20, they departed to Derby, southeast of Lystra, and made many disciples. And I think they have the map up here. You can tell the, the circuit there. Now, they preached the gospel, nothing else. They considered all men and women lost, separated from God, under the wrath of God. They did not ever go on this mission trip thinking that people were saved. Very important. It's also to be responsible and provide man with growth and development in the faith. He has evangelized them. They've accepted Christ. But you can't leave it there. Look at 14.21. They returned the same way they had come, completing the circuit. They're going to backtrack the same way. And they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch in verse 21. And they were not only interested in making converts, but cared about strengthening the souls of the disciples. Verse 22 says, teaching them. This is one of the failures of modern day evangelism. They get people saved, but where do they send them? And then when they send them, do they just send them to the churches that stand behind them financially? And they may be messed up churches. They don't teach the word of God, but they feel obligated because they've contributed to their crusade or campaign. I won't send anybody unless I know a church teaches the word of God. As newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word, 1 Peter 2, 2, to grow. Ephesians 4 through 16, that you not be tossed to and fro like children through trickery of men, deceit. Very important. Notice they exhorted them to continue, verse 22, in the faith by telling them that they must enter the kingdom of God through what? Much tribulation. What a straight shooter. Paul says, listen, you're dead. Your God is the wrong one. And then he has another tell them now. The one, now that you've chosen the right one, you may suffer tribulation. Wow. He didn't candy coat it. He didn't say, listen, if you believe, you'll be healthy and wealthy. You'll be able to drive a Rolls Royce. How interesting. He gave to the new converts a straightforward message of their need to continue and abide in Christ. 
that gave the new converts the true message. Pastor Xavier Reese summarizing the message and straightforward simple truths of the missionary, the Apostle Paul. Now, we'd like to let you know there's much more to this message to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can always pick up a copy of this message. And the title to ask for is The God of Missions. It's available on CD for just $4. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study. So once again, the title to ask for is The God of Missions. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And join us next time for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com